Hey everybody and welcome to a new episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your old pal, the Moo Cow, otherwise known as Pauly Persenza, and I'm joined by... Jonathan A. Moody. How's it going, sir? It is going great. That's I wanted to do a cow thing, but tap out on, but that didn't didn't really work out. Oh, it's okay. And um, today we were supposed to be joined by another person. Unfortunately, something kind of sort of happened there. We're not really sure. I think it was a xenophobe attack. And um, Maybe that's anyway, it it's just the two of us. So we're going to have to get our friend to come back later on and maybe give us their own interpretation and then we'll through the magic of technology we will weave all that information into the podcast and um, make sure that we have three scores so that is our plan and the movie that we are talking about is phobe the xenophobic experiments from 1996 and it's a canadian movie so there you go canadian in canada that's right. It's not quite Canucksploitation, but it is from our, our nice, friendly northern cousins. And um, I guess we'll have to talk about this fun little interesting film right after we hear some mood music. Okay, and we are back. So, Mr. Moody, had you heard of Phobe, the xenophobic experiments before? I don't think so. Um, so I went looking online uh, on like YouTube and stuff, and I saw that B-Movie Mania had uh, talked about it before, but they were, uh, I like... I don't know. I don't ever check everything B Movie Mania does, so I should probably, because um, I'm sure they've got some good ideas for us as well, you know, to do to explore. But um, I know I'd, I'd never heard of it, and it was not. I don't think it's been on Red Letter Media yet. Um, right, right. You know, things like that. So I, I really liked it though. Well, this I mean, I liked movie... liked watching it. <laughs> this, you know, this was a film that was recommended to me <clears throat> maybe six or seven years ago, and I didn't know anything about it, never heard of it. And I like you like you did, you know, I went online and I tried to get some information about it and everything I read was like, oh yeah, this sounds like it's right up my dark scary alley. So I found it on on scary? Amazon. Scary mm. alley. Most people are afraid of my alley. Oh, okay. Why. So people are afraid to go down your alley. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to got to explain that because this movie is not scary. No. No. But yeah, so I, I bought it on Amazon, on DVD, got it, watched it, and I was like, holy smokes, we got to do this on the show. And then it just kind of sat on my pile of stinkers to do for the show. And it just, you know, this, this was this was right about the time, right about the time. So yeah, and I thought this would have been a fun one to do. I, I mean, we could have done this in the studio, but this was not, a, we didn't really have the chance this time. Well, it's weird. The studios this season has been sort of shitty because it's just hard. Well, I think it's because we have so many movies, like in so many whatever, but mm. uh, to pick from. But um, so we do more Zoom because it's just easier. Um, but also the studio is kind of hard because 
uh, just getting people out to the studio sometimes. Uh, I mean, like, mm -hmm. even today it was nasty and rainy, and it's just right. not a good day. People don't probably want to be driving, you know, um, around. Especially, so I, you know, when we, some of these folks we've been pestering many, many times because, you know, we're doing a lot more episodes now. So we're bugging people a lot more now. Um, yeah, and they're traveling so. probably like, I'm done. Like, you know, <laughs> give me. Give me at least three more months. You know, I know, especially considering some of the films we're having folks watch. So this pretty one was, hard, hard to watch. This one was pretty bad. I think I described it as somewhere between um, uh, Actium Maximus and Birdemic, something like that. You know what? I was actually thinking of Birdemic when I was watching yeah. it. Um, uh, the main guy kind of reminded me a lot of like. Uh, no, no, it wasn't the main guy. It was the other guy that, that like the friend of Jennifer's or whatever, oh, the Rob. high schooler guy that looks like he's in his thirties. That guy, Rob. yeah, Rob. Uh, he reminded me a lot of Ron or whatever his name was in uh, Birdemic, the main guy in Birdemic. And uh, so I was like, I was like, these guys both can't act. They just and they walk weird and shit. Like just, I, I don't know. Um, but you know, I, I I definitely got that too. Bird and I got, a, was the I other got one? a funny little quip about him too. Once I start talking about the folks who were involved, but yeah, Birdemic and what else was the other one you? Said? Oh, Actium Maximus. This, oh God, this, yes. This no. said Actium Maximus all over. The only thing it didn't have was the terrible dinosaurs covered in syrup. The, the gargle and you can't hear a word that they're <laughs> right. saying, and so it's boring. <laughs> you can't see anything, so it's boring. I mean, though, that's the best part about this movie is that you can see it. You know, even if it's dark, you can see it. Even and there you know. is a reason why we can actually see it. It's because even though the budget for this was two hundred and fifty Canadian dollars, that's it. That's well, how much is that in American dollars? Probably a buck and a half. <laughs> okay, but but there's a there's a reason for that this this probably would have been more along the lines of five thousand, but they ended up getting a lot of stuff donated to them because wow. it's Canada. And unlike the United States, which is full of jerks and, and, and assholes, Canada is full of nice people. So these guys were like, hey, we're making our own independent movie. And people were like, oh, would you like, we're, we'll donate stuff to you here. You can use our cameras. You can use our place to shoot in. You can use our laser tags. I saw that at the end. They kind of uh, give thanks to a lot of the places that allowed oh, yeah. them to shoot and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. So it you know. should have been about a $5,000 budget. Probably even more because like yeah. that one location at the end that that's basically big. Um, uh, what are, uh, fuck what's, what's it called? Um, uh, like not warehouse or anything, but it was like outside. It was, they had all the, uh, like <laughs> the steel mill or whatever. Yes. Steel. The mill kind of place. I, I was like, that's, that's production value. Yeah. Like whether or not this movie is terrible, that's pretty cool production value. Like, sure. you know, the the rocket, they had a rocket. I mean, it'll, <laughs> they had sparklers. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It looked it looked cool to me. I don't know. I was I was impressed, you know, um, yeah. by what no, they did. But it's cool. So, yeah. So they're able to like go around and like get free stuff from people and everyone was like sure not a problem what do you need 
So, which is like great. So that's like taking a backyard movie and all of a sudden you're able to do a lot more with it because mm -hmm. people are letting you do stuff. Now, some of the things didn't fit, like in the opening scene where um, Dap, our buddy Sergeant Dap, is, I guess, bringing in somebody. I don't know who he was bringing in because he, he, he was fighting against some xenomorph, but he brings him into the quote unquote police station. The police station is obviously a bank. Okay, so the bank let them shoot in their lobby for like two minutes to pretend that it was a police station when it was mm. very, very clearly not. <laughs> we'll get into that stuff when we go into the story, I guess. But yeah, no, no I get that. So tell us a little background about this movie. I'm sure you okay. know some. So the background is this. Uh, Erica Bendickety. Benedictity. She is a producer and writer and director who, um, you know, this was her thing. This is what she went to school for. And so in 1989, she made a, a six minute short film in black and white on, I think it was on Super 8. And <clears throat> this was supposed to be, you know, this was like the very, very beginnings of this film. And then when she was in college, she had this assignment to sort of make a larger film. And that's where this thing kind of, you know, expanded from there to the point where, you know, it actually became a, a full-fledged film. Supposedly, this movie had investors interested in this was supposed to have like a half million dollar budget. And but wasn't acting Maximus supposed to be a TV show? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's sort of like you hear these things, but I'm like, I don't necessarily buy it, you know. Well, I mean, well, there was an investor, but the investor pulled out. Okay, so Erica Benedicti was the writer, director, and producer of this film. She had this um, this script that was based on her short film that was actually supposed to be a mashup of like a horror and sci-fi film, and it was supposed to be a lot more, I don't know, uh, violent or gory or something like that. But when that investor backed out. She had to rewrite it, and then she got their community uh, television studio to say, okay, well, you can use our stuff, and you can use our things here, but it's going to be on public domain stuff, which means you can't do a lot of gore, violence, or nudity, anything like that. So she had to rewrite it so that it was a little bit more acceptable for that, especially since you know she was going to use all their stuff, all their editing equipment, all their sound equipment, all their light equipment, all their stuff. Um, so... She had to re-redo it, and she had to make it in such a way that instead of having a $500,000 budget, she had a $250 budget, which, you know, more like $5,000. So that's why they went on this campaign of asking and begging and getting stuff from everybody. And she got her cousins and her friends and volunteers and other people who were just like, hey, you want to make a movie? And they're like, Sure together and that's where this comes from so that's there you crazy go. <clears throat> yeah so the three main people because uh this is not erica is not actually in the film usually when you see somebody you know do some kind of a crazy ego driven uh vanity project they're they do all the stuff but they're also the star it's not i don't case. consider this a vanity project no, no she was the not. writer she was the director she was the producer 
you know, um, she probably did the camera, you know, work this is like or a whatever. Fan film. This is like a fan film because she she was like, you know, the movies that inspired her were things like Alien and Terminator and Predator, Predator. So clearly, this is more like a fan kind of a thing. So yeah, I got more Predator out of everything, even though the 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 aliens are called xenomorphs, basically. You know, which a little I'm like, bit of Star Wars in there. Oh yeah, I'll get into that because I'm not. <laughs> Not too entirely like happy with that kind of stuff, right, but right. whatever. But the three main people are Dap, who is John Rubnick, who was Erica's cousin. Um, you say was. Why do you say was? Well, I say was because unfortunately he died in a car crash in 2003. So, oh, I didn't know it was a car crash. Yeah. I know it said it was dedicated to him at the end. Yeah. Well, the, the DVD has a whole bunch of extras, and I'll, I'll talk about some of that stuff too because it's, it's pretty fascinating because they go into depth about what happens and how the movie was made but yeah so he he was her cousin and then jennifer plays the second lead and that was played by tina dunmolen dumolen i think these are pretty much the only things that these guys have ever worked saw with. that they, yeah yeah i mean erica benedicti did a couple of shorts and two other tv movies that she produced for canadian tv and some of these folks were sort of tangentially involved with those, but that's that's all the stuff they've ever really been in. And then your buddy Rob was played by Lion Tenbroke, and this is the only thing he was ever in. And then there's a couple other folks. There's like there's a guy named Jim, Tim, and a guy named Jerry, and a couple other folks. There's a band with weird wigs on and. Uh, yeah that you know they're just like local local yokels that you know agreed to just show up on film and and that's it mm -hmm. and yeah and by the way that while this is 1996 it actually started production in 1994 and it took over a year because they didn't have the money to just get it done so they would do a little bit here a little bit there whenever they had the time whenever the community studio would let them get in there and do some work Etc. 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 So you can tell sometimes. I think people have said that you can tell when the seasons are changing with the trees and the leaves and all that. I didn't really notice that so much, um, but I, there's a number of other little fun bits and pieces that mm -hmm. I did. I did notice, and yeah, this is this is you. This is this is like Polonia Brothers' first movie. You know, it was just the two of them, and maybe their their mom and dad, and that's about it. That's what kind of or Dave Wascovich movie where it's just him and his wife and a couple of friends, and you know they're out in the backyard making a movie. And yeah, I mean like. that to me is a lot more cooler than like the movies that have like a million dollars or whatever, because <laughs> you can tell like they're they're planning this together. You know, they're they're making something that they think you know they don't think is going to change the world but at least it'll get them somewhat somewhat mm -hmm. noticed and everything this was 94 that this was made and i mean that's pretty freaking cool like they shot went out in 94 and shot a movie on video and and had really cool i mean not bad effects for like 94 well you know? that's the other thing so yeah shot on betamax but one of the things they said is that the um s the, these are not the original special effects these, oh, okay. these are the enhanced special effects so these are the really good ones that were added later on and in, uh, in post-production uh, not post-production but like 
when the distributor basically was picking them yeah, up and for, everything. So for the DVD, and that's the DVD version that they're using on Tubi. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So the you, but that's part of the extras, part of the DVDs that you actually can go back and there's like ten minutes or so of the original effects, which are you know, I mean, if you thought these were pretty cheesy, these are the other ones are even much cheesier. Oh, I'm sure they were worse, but they're like, I, I mean, <laughs> they were cheesy, but they had like. I don't know. They had lasers and they had explosions. They had one scene where uh, something the guy shoots the shoots at the person, and then it uh, it creates a hole in the the back and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's wow! That like that's not bad, you know." Well, the the good thing is is that at least they understood that they should not hit us over the head with a bunch of cheap, sh- shitty, cheesy special effects. Unlike our buddy DB, whatever his name is, where the entire movie is built on those shitty. Well, the whole movie of those movies are animated. You know, the whole movie. This movie is not even animated at all. This just has some cool special effects. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the cool part, but they were acceptable, and they didn't. They did not bother me. You know that they were. They were kind of interesting. Some of the practical things, they were a little bit more cheesy. Like you know, clearly. The xenomorph is a guy in a ghillie suit and a helmet. Um, clearly, when they're wherever they're going to have the quote unquote laser hit, in you know they they have they put little sparklers in those areas. They must have gone through at least a dozen sparklers. So they were using sparklers and um, and uh, uh, fireworks for their practical effects. Those are kind of cheap. Um, you know, they were using laser tag stuff that was yeah. Kind of cheap. But they did. I mean, some of this, some of the um, stuff like the uh, the rockets and and other stuff like that, like missile launcher type stuff. That looked like. I mean, I'm sure it was like some toy he had or she had or whatever, or, or toy that was donated to them. But it looked like it could possibly be a, 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 a rocket launcher from outer space, you know, like rocket launchers from outer space. That sounds like a great title for a movie, but it, it it's true though. Like you look at that and you're like, wow, this is actually pretty neat. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't, I, I didn't, I couldn't hate on any of that stuff because like, especially after you're telling me that like, they didn't have the investor and they had to make it for like 200 bucks slash 5,000, whatever, like the, at the equal amount was, it, it made me go, you know what? Now I actually like it a little bit more. Oh, I know. You That's know? why I was saying it's hard to hate on this film. And there, there's one scene that somebody I, I was, I was reading about it. And when I read about it, I went back to watch it again. I kept my eye out and they were right. There's one scene where uh, Timmy and Jerry the two hockey hair idiots who are out running around in the woods because they hear a noise. And so they wander off for like half an hour looking around. And the one guy picks up, I guess it's supposed to be a grenade and it's sort of red in the middle and blue on either end. Okay. And that's going to blow up. Um, So you see that, but there's one scene where he actually picks it up, but they said when they picked it up, it's actually completely red because the prop was actually a tomato and they had to use a tomato, a stunt tomato because somebody accidentally ran over the fake prop grenade and it was ruined and they couldn't use it. So they had to substitute a tomato. For That's the grenade. Funny. I didn't notice that, but now, now that you say that I probably will. Which the I next thought time was I see like, it. 
the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was a stunt tornado. Well, and this wouldn't be like the greatest thing or whatever that I'm mentioning, but like there's a continuity error with color again, too. Oh, yeah. When the uh, lightsaber guy has the when he opens up the lightsaber for the first time, it's red. Then when he goes to fight the uh, xenomorph, the the xenomorph's red and he's purple. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I, I like I, I looked at that. Like, wait, wait a minute. Because, you know, but. Obviously, oh, I'm sorry. You can't say lightsaber. You can't say lightsaber. That's uh, that's George Lucas's property or whatever. You have to call it, I guess, a light sword. You know, but it's it's a fucking lightsaber, laser sword, or something laser like sword or whatever. Because he would, he would even go after a little tiny Canadian project like this. Come on, George. Good lord. No, I don't think George would, but Disney would. Yeah, well, yeah. George might not. George wouldn't probably care because he's already got billions of dollars from Disney. Like he's out of the game. He's like he's uh, living with hookers well, and uh, you know. Especially because, come on, nineteen nineties Canada. Everybody had a mullet or what they call hockey hair. I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. men, women. It didn't really matter. They were all rocking these horrible it, hockey hairs, and it was. It's- just- Funny, before I realized it was can- Canadian, I was like, this is like Degrassi. Um, yeah. like the, the high school and everything, the high school scene. I was like, this this feels like Degrassi, you know. And then all of a sudden they say, uh, like, what was this a boot and stuff like that? I'm like, it's Canadian. <laughs> yes, yeah, like that was yeah, the yeah. first time I recognized it was Canadian. Like, I don't know. So I was yeah. like, this is awesome, you yep, know. Yep, yep, yep. And um, so yeah, the 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 ghillie suit, the sparklers, the um, the weird. Oh my god, her room. Remember the scene where he goes in her room and he's he gives her that thing. He's like, oh, if you need me, you know, use this little. Well, it's, it's like I don't know, like a car remote operator on a string. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a, um, a locator device or whatever. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but she presses it and he's like instantaneously there. And you get to see her room and like there are all these weird stuffed animals everywhere. There's a clown hanging from the ceiling. There are California raisins all over the the, the uh, window board. There's just weird stuff. I, I took a, a little shot of that from this, you know, from the films just so I could put it up on, on uh, our reviews things because it's, it's just such a weird thing. You know how I get obsessed with the background. I'm mm-hmm. just, Whose room is this? It was very strange. So I don't know where they shot that scene at. It was strange. But um, so, yeah, so like I said, this this was ended up being a very, very, very stripped down version of what they wanted to do. It was shot in Ontario in the, Ni- Ni- uh, the Niagara Peninsula. So anybody who's sort of familiar with that area, you're going to see some of the landmarks there. I think um, there are a couple of uh, shots of the local college there. Um, things like that and yeah it's just yeah folks you it know, was supposed it, to be high school right these were supposed to be high school students there's a question because yes but at one point she says i'm going to take this rock to the professor and i'm like you don't have professors in high school not even in canada nobody's going to go to the trouble maybe it was professorship but see like okay so school. maybe uh maybe it was supposed to be college however college kids mm. don't have lockers you know so well, like it's know. very confusing as to like how old they are that's why i thought degrassi high and shit yeah, I thought no 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 they're supposed to be high school because remember 
Jennifer at one point is talking to Rob and saying, oh, you're a senior now. You should be going to the big party, quote unquote. Right. Instead, he wants to go play video games with his friends, which, you know, I don't blame him, you know. That not only that, but did you notice in his locker, he has the exact same shirt as the shirt he's wearing. It's the exact same. And I'm like, (laughs) right right there, it tells me he's one of those guys that has 10 shirts and they're all exactly the same. And that's all he ever dresses in. Yep. He only dresses in the same (laughs) shirt all, you know, Uh, not surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's and the other thing where the uh, the three girls who come up and they're like, oh, we're going to be late for cheerleader practice. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, she, he says that to Jennifer, I think, the right? Grumpiest like, teenagers in Canada. He tells Jennifer, are you going to be late for cheerleading practice? And I'm like, she's a cheerleader. <laughs> I, I'm like, no, like, I, really? I can't be mean. No. Like I'm not gonna be mean, but I'm just no, gonna say I don't yes. buy it. No, no. I they unless it's that's it like Glee Club or unless in something. in Canada the the uh the the cheerleading teams are a lot nicer and they're like, oh yes, the, you can come be all about this. Uh, you know, that's probably the case. Everybody's in, is like serially nice in Canada. It's just the way they are. They're professionally nice up there. I know they have crime. I know they have issues, but I'm sure it's very, very nice crime. I'm sure somebody holds you up and gets your wallet. They're very, very nice about it. (laughs) It's like that movie we watched. It's like that movie we watched uh, in uh, the Battle Angel where the people come up. Let me sell you this. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to. You don't want us to buy your thing from you. (laughs) I'm going to hold you up. I'm going to be very, very nice about it because we're Canadians. Damn it. And then oh, they're like, man. you know, oh, let's go out and get some cases of beer. Oh, oh, I'd like to drink some cases of beer. I would like to drink some cases of beer, too, because they are Canadians. I mean, this is what they do is, you know, you 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 watch hockey and you're a frumpy team, you know, cheerleader and you drink beer in cans. So apparently that I mean, I don't think that's all you do in Canada, but that's like that does seem like a very big thing. And, you know. Like the way people are there, um, I don't know. Yeah. So clearly, there are allowances that are made for pretty much everything, the the effects and all that. However, <clears throat> I am going to ding the movie when it comes to the narrative because the narrative is all over the place. The narrative is not good at all, mm. and there are a number of problems. Uh, just a couple of scenes to begin with. Um, there's one point where he's walking her you remember she's walking along the train tracks and she keeps mm-hmm. looking back and we keep seeing it from xeno cam and he's always in front of her no matter even if she's walking away we're always seeing in front of her so somehow the damn thing is always like runs down and then you know yeah it confused the her. fuck out of me i thought at one point she was a xenomorph or something right. because it looked like he was looking down at whatever she was looking down at but right. But then it comes back and you see it behind her, like, you know, see her walking in a distance. And I'm like, where it what? Where is this thing? You know, So that was confusing. The editing was an issue there. But also, I imagine they just used whatever the footage they had. You know what I mean? But it wasn't it wasn't figured out well. And they didn't really do enough coverage, I think, to to help sell some of the scenes. I don't think they knew what coverage was like when they were making this movie. Because, like, they probably thought if we just shoot certain scenes, 
that's all we need, right? Right. But uh, so here's here's indie filmmaking lesson 101, people. And, you know, every filmmaker has to learn this at some point in life. Coverage is your friend, is your mm. best friend. Coverage can mean just doing second unit shots of something that just, you know, interrupts scenes. Because what happens sometimes is you need a scene in between another scene. So it's not, I've, I've watched a couple of films where the, and these are just bad independent films that just don't do, do this, but they'll have a scene and then they'll have the, then they'll have another shot of the, of a person talking. That's the same person from the last scene and they needed something covering it. Like they needed something in front of it so that it breaks it up because it looks very weird when they're from one side and then they turn and they're in another shot and everything. And it looks awful and it can't be fixed unless you have something like even it's just shoes or something, some something. <laughs> yeah, you could do anything. You can if you just shoot stuff. Tarantino foot fetish thing that that helps. Yeah, whatever <laughs> helps. I mean, you have to learn how to do these things because right. otherwise you're just gonna have like shitty editing you know right, right right well and that was a problem but getting back to that particular scene did you notice i mean not only that he comes out of nowhere when she's on the train tracks he starts walking her and all of a sudden she's like oh what's that and she goes off into the woods and he just leaves her there he does he just lets her go because you know he's supposed to be Why the not? protecting her but lets her go and she sees something and then she screams and he's like, oh, what is it? And he goes in there and he looks and there's nothing. There's yeah. no resolution. There's just nothing. And it's I, thought like, I, I thought I missed something. Because no, later she was, says, she says Tim something. died. Her friend Tim died. And I was like, when did that happen? I don't remember that. And I think <laughs> right, that was. How what, did you know that? I think that was because she saw that body or whatever, but we didn't. No, we did not. No. So I at the time, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you told me that. I'm glad you told me that because I literally thought I was crazy. I thought I had missed something and I was just like, I don't remember seeing a, 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 I'm because I did look at my phone a couple times. So I might, I, I thought maybe, you know, when I was looking at my phone, I missed something, you know, big like that, but no, I'm glad I didn't. No, it was funny because it's just, it's just left there unexplained. And I'm like, okay, maybe she saw a bug. Or maybe she's just easily excited that they just walk away and nothing is explained at all. Because even if you did find a body, you would think you would address that somewhere along the line. It's kind of you a did. Deal. They did. They said they found that guy Tim dead. So like they addressed it at the end, toward the end of the movie, but we never saw it. So like what they should have done was called the cops or something. Right, well, right. you they, know, they, they addressed it towards the end, but you don't necessarily know that that's the scene that they're connecting back uh, to. That's, now, then now that's what I get. But um, originally I, I thought to myself, I think when I saw it and she mentions Tim, I was like, was that what I'm, was that the body I missed, you know, and stuff because she does scream. So there's obviously a dead body or somebody there, you know? And here's but, the other thing. Why not show that? Wait, that's that's the simple. Cheapest thing you can possibly do is stick somebody on the ground and say, "Lay here." Yeah, that lay makes here. It be dead. Clear. You know. Mm -hmm. Maybe they. Maybe they just forgot. 
you know, they were going to, or the person didn't show up that day and then they didn't have a body to put in there and, and stuff. I mean, even if you have a shoe and the camera guy takes his shoe off and you put it on the ground and it makes it look like there's a body there, at least you got to do that. You got to do something. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, a foot. You know, you don't even have to show the person. You can have it be Erica's foot, you know, right. the director's foot. You so know, it this, doesn't matter. This is what I mean as far as there are problems that have nothing to do with, you know, the amount of money that's being spent on the budget. Here, Here's another one. There's a very weird, uncomfortable, awkward scene where they're running. They're running from this monster with a ray gun. And so they decide to go into a bar. And they sit down and like two minutes in there after a little bit of weird shit yet, she's like, do you want to dance? And he's like, um, okay, sure. Why not? And they no, at first doing... he's like, what is dancing basically? <laughs> right. And then she points to what they're doing, which is weird because like there's, the music doesn't match them, no, whatever, not dancing to it. So it's just weird. But then she's like, well, you know, uh, do you want to, do you want to dance? And he's like, what's dancing? He points. She goes, he goes, yeah, what sure. they're doing. Sure. Why not? You know, so they get up to start doing this forced, you know, chemistry type dance. And you're seeing the background band. And it's so funny. There's this one guy on the bass player with this ginormous white curly Afro wig. It's like the most screaming wig I've ever seen. It reminded me of, Robo chick, you remember yeah. she had that big giant white. Well, they were characters, by the way, because did you notice at the end of it they had like names, and then their yeah. names had like you know slugs or something like there was. They had certain names that they um they had, so there were it was supposed to be like Canadians war, you know, which <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, funny. This is this is like. Canada thinks of Guar. And you know? so weird. So they're they're doing this, and all of a sudden, here comes your buddy. He just walks in in his ghillie suit and helmet and, and gun. What is and, that suit, by the way, Like, uh, Yeah, it's the ghillie suit. That's the that's it's like a thing you wear when you're a hunter or you're trying to camouflage yourself. It's, okay, because it looked more like like swamp thing kind of thing. Yeah, you, you can know, you can whatever. get one of those for twenty bucks. I mean, they're cheap. That's why okay. it's there. So he walks in, and all of a sudden, dude pulls out his his little laser pistol, and I guess he takes a pot shot, and then they're like, they just they just go. Now we've only seen the one door, the one door that everybody came in, and that's where our xenomorph does. But they leave stage, and somehow they they get out on the street from like some other exit somewhere else. Did they just vanish and, and appear? Uh, you know, maybe they were trying to say that there was a back door or some kind of like you know other they just entrance. get through without going through the kitchen or going past other people I, it, like that honestly i mean it, it confused me like you you know but it didn't it didn't bother me you know what i mean because i was just like you know it, it, they're just trying to get out you know and stuff and the the place they had probably only had one. It one was way too easy, though. I mean, at least show five seconds of some confused running or something or another another door. Something. What could have been cool was if they shot the guy, you know, right? The the xenomorph. They shot him and they backed him up and backed mm -hmm. him up, kept backing him up, and then ran off, you know, or whatever stuff like that, where he was just getting out of the way because 
they they had to get through to go in you know that way but i mean it was easier for them to film where they mm-hmm. just just disappeared and-, and you know the xenomorph had the classic uh freddy krueger slash jason thing where you're running 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 away from them and all of a sudden he's right in front of you no matter what you do why did they use why can't they just use the um the 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 thing that transports them from one place to another you know oh these guys coming after me you know right i mean i get the the fact that he knows where you're where you're headed because he's tracking you because the egg apparently has a thing on there but that doesn't explain how he's just pops right there they actually go into a building they charge up the stairs they're all the way to the top and he's right fucking there i'm like dude how did you get there you know seriously it's just ridiculous and then that's the other thing is remember they were like they actually go over the side of the roof and they're like a hundred feet up and she's like oh let's jump she's like are you kidding he's like no trust me and then you see their feet hitting the car and i'm like no they did not just jump a hundred feet and have no problems. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. That no, I don't buy that at all, at all, at all. You, you don't buy that. You don't buy that. Oh my goodness. You know. No. You you don't understand this movie at all because this movie defies logic. Okay, come on now. <laughs> yeah, it defies <laughs> editing too. It defies good storytelling, and that's the problem. I mean, the the story needed to be tightened up a lot. I uh-huh. think before it actually went into production to cover stuff like well, this. Well, you say you always say this like writing is the cheapest thing. Period. You know, seriously. If you, but see, here here's the thing: it's the cheapest thing. But you're gonna give the you're gonna give the script off to like your friends, you know, your family members, and all of them are gonna be super supportive, and they're all gonna be nice, and they're all gonna say this is the greatest script in the world, Erica. Don't change it, you know, like, or I mean, she might not have, you yeah, know, have friends at all. like me then, because, you know, I'm always out there. Saying I, I know sometimes I, I sometimes I won't even look, look like sometimes idiots. I won't even give you something because I know like <clears throat> you just won't you just won't like it, period, you know, because you're you have a specific, you know, thing. Well, I don't know. I'm going to say things when it's clearly like, how the hell do these people expect to jump 100 feet? from the top of a parking garage to the f- ground floor and survive without injuring themselves. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and then again, a lot of people like look at that going, you know, um, that's just, that's just the part for the course of this kind of movie, you know, or whatever, you know, this is a, this is a sci-fi movie. There's always a stupid sci-fi reason. I don't say science reason. I say sci-fi reason because, you know, all of it's fiction. It's just crap. It's, I, I, I know, but usually the best ones, or even the the mediocre ones, are grounded in some kind of reality. You know, otherwise it's just a cartoon, and that's that's the the problem I have with those kinds of movies. Now I get it; these guys have a minuscule budget, and they're doing what they can. But all you have to do is show like two seconds of somebody climbing, or do another shot, maybe where it's not quite so high. Or you just have some other explanation. Here, uh-huh. let me use my my whatchamacallit. That'll get us to the ground safely. Boom, you're done. It's explained. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, otherwise it's not explained. But that's okay. Like I those kind of things I just go, okay. So I watch enough Marvel movies, you hate them, but I watch mm-hmm. them and then I go, it's 
Marvel. They can do whatever they want. They can die. They can live. They can be resurrected. You know, like it doesn't matter in a you know, I know kind of movie but, like this. But bear in mind, those are superheroes, and we're talking about a couple of cocky hair wearing Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody attacked anybody with a hockey stick. I was kind of mad. You know, they should have. They really should have. That would have been Might fun. as well have. Um, yeah. Plus, so. I mean, they're Canadian. Why have the motorcycle helmet when you could have had a hockey goalie helmet for your monster? I mean, come on. What's more Canadian than that? I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe <laughs> they're trying to make it so it looked like it was an American movie. I, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, the it, it was cute it, it's it's difficult for me to hate on the film, but that doesn't mean the film doesn't have problems. And it was also <laughs> stretches where it's kind of dull. Right. I mean? There's some scenes that just could have not, we didn't really need, you know, especially once we got the, when we talk with Rob again and they show up and like, we need to use your radio. Oh, okay. Why? It's like, well, there's this monster thing from another world coming. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> just accept it. Yeah, just that's that's what it was. It was just accepting, you know, it, that there was this, yeah, because Rob the whole time is just like just going along with whatever. Like, hey, we need to go in your house, okay? You know, we need to go over here, okay? Okay, let's go do this. Oh, there's monsters, okay? You know, like <laughs> that's the that's his calling card, just okay. <laughs> and he's the one who actually gets the quote unquote gore scene with his leg, and you know, I guess it's supposed to be a broken bones sticking out of there or something um you know but uh dap starts attending to him he's like oh don't worry about me go check on jennifer and he's like are you sure you're going to be okay oh i'll be fine i'm like dude you have a broken bone fucking poking out of your leg you're not going to be fine that's so canadian of him exactly people are so nice even when they've got massive trauma they're just like oh don't worry about me just don't worry about me just get me a little tim hortons and i'll be just fine i've never had tim hortons i'm sad i know i know i need some in my life um all right so then the ending of the movie you know where uh you know they they have the final battle between the was a dap and the uh the thing xenomorph. and then he the xenomorph and then he takes the xenomorph into the i guess catches them kind of like in ghostbusters with a trap you know and everything right. he just right. and he traps them in a in the thing and then his boss's rocket comes down <laughs> i'm just I'm sorry. I don't care, but that was awesome because yeah. I was like, you that know what? Funny. I laughed. It was because it, it looked really terrible, you know, when it was coming down. But then when it landed and they were all coming out of it or whatever, I was like, that's freaking cool. You know, like I I give them props for that because I've never made a rocket in a movie like that. I, you know? I had to laugh. It was just so ridiculous looking. I know, but it was so funny what, and fun. what a, what about what about the laser sword fight we can't say oh god one. i forgot about that well no we talked <laughs> about it briefly but briefly um yeah other than the color change happening from red to purple and whatever um it i mean so 96 you know all of the, the all the star wars movies were done 
or 94, 94. I think 96 was when it, it says out. on IMDb. So it might have premiered then, yeah. Yeah. but it was made in 94, finished in 94. Um, but yeah, 94, I mean, all the, you know, all the movies were done. And I mean, they were probably thinking to themselves they would want to make a, a Star Wars movie if they could. You know, could you imagine a Star Wars movie with mullets? Yeah, you know, like Canadian please. Star Wars movie with mullets. That sounds yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, Luke Skywalker with a mullet. <laughs> if if you know our if our if the VSQ people had made it, that's that's what it would have been. Kevin Smith with a lightsaber. Come on, oh yeah. So yeah, well, so yeah, so it was you know they had the they had lightsabers, well, uh, the laser swords, if you want to call it that, or whatever. Um, and so they, uh, I mean, there's the battle between them, but it was kind of shitty. Like, it was like just hitting each <laughs> other. Like, yeah, they were yeah, very yeah. careful not to hurt each other, you could tell. Right. And I'm like, this doesn't make a good, interesting thing. It just makes it, like, you know, like. It reminded me of the mushroom stick fight in Fungicide. Yeah. I, or I get that. or reminded me of the uh, the broom fight in Hobgoblins. Yeah, where it was like clack clack clack. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like you know you're just you're just making sure you don't hurt each other, probably for insurance reasons and stuff. You know, like you want to go to the hospital and explain, oh, I got hit because I was playing with a lightsaber. The people mm -hmm. there would be like, honey, what drugs are you on right now? <laughs> but very nicely and they'd be like oh don't worry about me somebody else probably injured worse than i am <laughs> don't worry about me my bones be sticking fine. out it's fine <laughs> but there are there are moments when i'm looking at john rubnick as sergeant dap thinking we are so close to that guy being kevin smith i just want to put a little beard on him and that's silent bob and god almighty if this had been silent bob like a mashup how epic this would have been for me well this i mean they did do that in jane son of bob right strike back like yeah, they had yeah. that little the bong was the bong saber which um they they said that they had to change that name already because of <laughs> not being to not get sued but like it was a parody this was not a parody this was mm -hmm. like a real life movie trying to to use it which i mean can they can they technically be sued for 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 doing that I, I have no idea i don't think so i don't I think, think so. so otherwise i think they would have been by right. now um but yeah i think um if i if i am correct because i was looking up online and severin released this so this might have a blu-ray really? release wow that's interesting because severin did a uh, a trailer for this movie that's on online and i'm like thinking that would be awesome if severin did a uh phobe Z the xenoph that that title by the way is terrible i know uh, probably the I worst know. title um I know. And, and by the way that lightsabers those colors that that's also enhanced from the original too so you know even that <laughs> was worse in the original but i'll have to show you the original sometimes it's it's pretty funny but yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff on there and they had most of the people come back to talk about some of the things that are happening. And unfortunately, like I said, uh, John Rubnick was not there because he had already passed away. But they also included one of her 
um, one of her other films, her short films that she made. So if you're interested, I'll, I'll let you borrow the DVD or if you can see it on Blu-ray. I'll probably get know. it eventually on DVD, but it doesn't look like it's look and see if it's on Blu-ray. But it, uh, on eBay, you can get the DVD. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's on Blu-ray yet. No, it's not on Blu-ray cool. yet. However, uh, the DVD is from Severin, but it's from their other company, Intervision, Intervision. which is which is Severin. Mm -hmm. Is there is like I guess another offshoot of Severin. So that's why Severin was uh, promoting it. Uh, but it's Intervision that they used. So um, very cool though, because you know that that means like I mean that's a pretty high standard you know it's kind of like what, getting the vinegar syndrome on blu-ray i would get it on blu-ray um i i see it on ebay for dvd for like 15 bucks and I'm, mm. I'm almost thinking that is sort of worth it um you know considering it's you know it's it, it doesn't seem like a, a movie that you can just buy anywhere you know kind well, of thing. and the thing was i was shocked that it was on tubi I had no idea. So, you know me, I've got my list of stinky movies and I usually troll around the internet to seeing where I can pick them up. And even though this was a movie that I already had, I will occasionally put something in there and it popped up on Tubi and I'm like, holy smokes. That means we can actually do it outside of the studio. And since we needed to do one and we were gonna have somebody else from elsewhere come in, I thought, well, this might be the, the time to go ahead and do it. Otherwise. I was just going to, you know, torment either Jen or Joe or somebody with this film in the studio because I haven't already had it on DVD. Although if it does come out in Blu-ray, I got to say I'm I'm kind of tempted. I'm, I'm I'd be kind of I just tempted. don't know what difference it would make, you know, like would well, they would they make the uh the lightsabers pop, you know, or something. My, my or... hope is that they went back and they added more extras. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, from what you what I saw on the thing, too, it looked like it did have a good amount of extras. And you said that it had some extras on the disc, too, that Absolutely. you have. So Absolutely. that's pretty awesome. You know, like um, I, I love that a um, that they did that. Um, I, I, I also kind of like the twist where it was like the boss comes down and says, Oh, by the way, this is not who I'm working. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm working with this guy. And this right. guy starts talking to him and stuff. But then there's like continuity errors where all of a sudden the guy w didn't have a gun out, and then all of a sudden he had a gun out. You know, right. and right. stuff like that. That was bad editing. Um, uh, it just seemed like I'm like, damn, that dude's a quick troublemaker. Like generally, <laughs> generally speaking, you're supposed to have a shot if you haven't seen the gun. Right. Yet you have to have the shot of him pulling out the gun. Gun can't already be there. It's just it looks weird. Um, uh, but I don't think they cared. I mean, unless you have a character say, hey, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, I mean, I've seen that happen. But see, I mean, when you do stuff like that all the time and this film needs somebody to do that all the time, they'll get a, mm -hmm. obnoxious, you know, or whatever, yeah. because there's so many of these issues. Um, but you know, even with all, even with all that said, with all of these issues and all these problems, it's better than a lot of people's indie films, you yeah, know, where, and I, I suspect that much of this happens is because they just didn't have enough people. They didn't have enough crew. They didn't have like 
uh, you know, an assistant director going around and making sure that there was coverage or making sure things got you know, made sense or, you know, there's usually somebody there, you know, making sure continuity is good and that things. Yeah. Are they good. didn't have like a crew crew, you no, know, like, or no. whatever. They just had their friends and their friends didn't know anything because none of them made a movie. So right. like, you know, even having the, somebody as the first AD, they're like, Oh, you be the first AD. And that person goes around and does nothing because like, literally they don't know what to do like they're not going to they're just going to listen to whatever the director tells them to do basically and right. an ad a good ad doesn't just listen to what a director has to say now good ad will generally be there for the director and help the director out but if the ad sees a problem the ad is the one who fixes it you know, yeah, especially when it comes to lighting or if there's stuff in frame, you know, if you're seeing the boom mic. Yeah, know, that's stuff. that's generally I mean, if you have the money and the investors, you will generally have a um, uh, not a continuity person, a script script scripty, you know, and that's just the person who will sit there and say, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait you're supposed to do this and we haven't done that or whatever mm -hmm. on set. And those people are very handy and um, whatnot, but it's, uh, you know, Oh, you place this over here, but this, you know, and that's also sometimes a prop department, but right. you know, let's, let's talk about indie indie, like no budget films don't have prop oh, departments. Sure. Sure, you know. just like that one scene where you're clearly seeing Jennifer's bedroom from the doorway and you're seeing all the weird stuffed animals and everything, but there's a dresser in the immediate foreground that has like a Mickey Mouse and some other stuff, but there's also garbage there. There's like an empty bottle of something and you know that that's not there for a choice. That's there because somebody didn't bother to take the garbage off the dresser and nobody caught it. You know what I so mean? you pick those still things up. I don't, still don't even notice that shit, you know, or whatever, because I'm just not I'm a paying attention to the background and stuff. But. I'm a very visual person, so when I when I pick up things that should not be there or that are very strange, my brain just kind of goes, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Why is that there? Yeah, why is that there? Yeah, <laughs> I get that. You know, oh man, I don't know. All in all, I I I didn't hate the movie or anything. I thought I was going to. Especially because the person that we were supposed to have had said that they watched, you know, uh, 10 minutes of it and had to turn it off. Oh, that yeah. made for, me go, uh-oh. <laughs> for, for 250 Canadian dollars, which is like, you know, a buck and a half American and a bottle of lint. I mean, we've seen worse micro-budget production. I mean, this kind of had throwbacks. Like you said, um, you know, you said Birdemic and you said Actia Maximus. I'd say... Birdemic meets um, Alien Beast. Um, mm -hmm. However, I like this more than Alien Beast. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say there's a little bit of Marina Monster in there too, just yeah. because of the whole Canadian flavor to it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that, but I mean, it wasn't like people just falling into the water and and, and getting eaten because they're idiots mm -hmm. and just keep falling in the water, <laughs> you know? But, but uh, hey, I'll tell you what, man, there is a ton, and I do mean a metric fuck ton, of Canadian productions and indie movies that we have not touched yet. So I'm kind of glad to do this, too, because yet again, it's another area of indie film that we've really not messed with a whole lot, aside from Marina Monster and maybe one other. 
But there's a lot of Canadian well, we've done a lot of Brett Kelly <clears throat> movies, and those are all Canadian. Um, yeah, you know, and we'll continue to do those. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, it's, it's, I'm sure there are a ton of other Canuck movies that we mm-hmm. should do. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess we're at that time where we're going to have to talk about our score, and hopefully we will have found somebody to come in and give a third score. For Even us. if it's not that person we were thinking of, we'll find somebody. Yeah, Just we'll find all somebody. somebody has to do is do 10, 20 minutes of their own review. I'll, you know, I'll fine. poke someone until they, they watch the movie for us. And um, yeah, so uh, our 1 to 10 rating, and we're going to take three scores we can you know compare with the others and get it on that ladder of stink. I don't know that it's going to quite make it up the way to stinky heaven with some of the other crappy movies we have, but I think it's still going to probably generate a pretty good, pretty high score. So we'll, we'll have to pretty see. high, but not, not that high. Yeah. But you're right. It's even though there are a lot of problems with this films, I can't hate it. There's, there's nothing. I, I forgive a lot of it. I yes. mean, there's some things I can't forgive, but there's yes. some, a lot of it. I, I forgive because a mm. was their first movie. And I know my first movie's been shorts. So, and I know this, you said this was supposed to be a sh- like originally she was doing shorts. It was originally a six minute short. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it grew and that can be a problem, you know, when it grows like that, because <laughs> uh, what, what works for That's six minutes doesn't necessarily work for a longer feature. Now mm-hmm. they were able to stretch this out and make it, I mean, not boring. Like I would never say this movie was boring, you know, or anything. But there's some boring parts. But overall, it's, I it's found it kept slow. my attention. You know. Yeah. And one thing I did want to point out, I I forget who the person is that they got the music from, but the music was actually pretty darn good. Yeah. Like that. So that was really good. They got their they got their money's worth, whatever it was, for the music alone. Um. And by the way, uh, while she didn't do the, um some of the 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 super uh individual special effects it looks like uh erica benedicti did some of the uh, some of the special effects as well um, i don't think she did the explosion parts uh but she did some of the other more other practical stuff so that's that's kind of cool too it was funny though in the credits um which were <clears throat> sort of annoying i didn't like yeah. what they did with them but there was a part where it's like special effects by and it was blank at first and i was like <laughs> like what does that mean right and then it comes back and it's like four people did special effects or something i was like oh okay you know like that, that makes sense but that lettering was pure casio computer 1989 <laughs> that, that lettering was awful yeah <clears throat> I, I totally get that did not age well Mm-mm. but um i'll go ahead and score first i'm gonna give this a nine it's pretty bad it's got a lot of problems but i can't give give this movie a 10 it's just you know it, it, there's just too much niceness to it it's too canadian for me and anytime you're doing a canadian movie you're going to get at least a half a point because everybody's so nice and i i love the idea that these guys could just go around to the general public and say hey we're making a movie can you donate some time or donate mm-hmm. some equipment or donate a space and they're like sure not not a problem go why ahead. not why not? Well, I mean, sure seemed to be the big thing too. Like, remember, like, you know, do you want to dance? Sure, you know, sure. like <laughs> all the shit. So, yeah. So yeah. So one to ten stinkometer scale. What would what would you give it? 
I'm going to go with the nine. Um, nine. Like I said, the, it's had a lot of problems with the story. The acting was not very good. The acting was really mm. kind of sad. <laughs> you know, uh, because again, that this is somebody's a first time director. So she's probably not saying, let's reshoot this and take another take. Let's do another take. You know what I mean? There's just not very much of that whatsoever, unless there's a whole, I mean, I haven't seen all of the back there may be a big pile of outtakes out there that I've not seen, but I don't, I don't know. Cause if you're telling me those are the best takes, eek. <laughs> there's some bad ones. Yep. I would give it an eight. You know, okay. honestly, I, I, I can't hate on the movie necessarily. And I can't say that it was a great movie, you know, like it was uh, obviously I had a lot of issues, a lot of problems, but all in all, like I've, uh, like we've said before, you can see it. Yes. You can hear it. Yes. You know, there was subtitles that helped a little bit because sometimes they kind of garbled some of the lines, you know, and I couldn't understand what what they were saying necessarily, but then I read it and I was like, oh, okay, fine. Perfect. That helped. Yeah. Um all in all, it, it wasn't it was no acting maximus. Like <laughs> that I, I like that should have been a 10 for me. This movie that got 9.5. This movie definitely deserved lower than that. And I don't yeah, think it definitely. deserved just a step lower. I think it deserved more than that because I think what I liked about this movie um, a lot was the heart. You know, it had the heart of people who were really trying to make something fun and interesting and and entertaining and make a predator style movie on like no For budget 250 bucks Come on no on. budget i mean that just to me is awesome good for you guys mm. you guys went out and made a movie it's an hour and 20 minutes long so like i mean it's a fucking movie you know well, like but what breaks my heart is the fact that this could have been made into a half million dollar project you know what I mean? So who knows what their original product would have been? I mean, sure, it would have been a little bit more of a horror slash sci-fi mashup with a little bit more violence and mm. gore. But, you know, who knows? Maybe someday someone will will give this person some money and they can actually go out and make the movie that they originally wanted to make. I think that would be fascinating, don't you? I'm, I would say make something different. I mean, I, I'm not saying that this doesn't deserve a remake or whatever. I'm saying it doesn't need one, you know? Like, I feel like the movie is a time capsule of itself. That's 1994, sure. it was the epitome of its time. It was something that they did. They made that time perfect. If they want to do another sci-fi movie, you know, um, and have, like, another alien-type thing you know go for that you know um but i i wouldn't say like remake it because i feel like uh like i mean even though well, it might help it's not so much a remake as just a realization of the original script is what i was thinking which is probably is it's going to be different it's going to be yeah a, a different maybe film. maybe i mean if you can go different enough where i mean give the give the the phobes something cooler to to wear you know, um, I, I, like, I don't know. He, uh, he, I liked his mask, though, that he had at the end. Um, yeah, that he guess. finally saw his face or whatever, and it's a mask. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, that, that yeah, guy right just, there behind me. You, you know, I, I also have, can't help but compare it a little bit 
with another Canadian movie that we did, which was a whole lot slicker, and that is Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, because they also had a pretty small budget, not as small as this one, clearly, but just the way that they handled things was just a lot better. Um, so, but then again, that wasn't his first movie. That yeah, wasn't I, the guy's first movie, and this was Erica's first film. And honestly, I, I I I adore her a lot more than I adore the chick that made Marina Monster. Oh, I <laughs> I, I want to see more movies from that chick too, but I feel like this this Erica chick really tried. You oh yeah, know? well, and, and she's she's still working, from what I can tell, for Canadian TV. So yeah, good for I her. I don't know what she's doing, but um, you know, clearly, I mean, they have they have their own website too, so you can go to the website, and I'll I'll make sure the links on there too. So if you're interested, you can you can go there. There's some pictures. There's some there's there's some adorable flipping adorable um, hand drawn things where they're supposed to be showing you what the thing looks like, and it's it's like an eight year old stick figure. It is so adorable. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, pen on lined paper. Somebody did it in a notebook and said, this should look like this. And it kind of does. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just super cute. But yeah, this is this doesn't have the the stuff that annoyed me, like some of the other movies that we have, that, especially in some of the micro budget ones. So, yeah, I, I can't hate on this movie too much. But, you know, it's still fairly stinky. I bet I bet if she had more money and more professionals around her and you know, especially now considering Erica's, you know, as part of TV and, and oh, doing sure. stuff. So sure. she has the power probably to, to and she probably has like professionals who tell her how you know, tell her better stuff how to do right. stuff. So like And that's why I'm saying if she were to somehow get a half million bucks and we're able to take a second crack and go back to her the original script that she wanted to do i'm willing to bet this would probably be a, a much well it's going to be a much better product but it'd probably be a pretty cool movie i think good you know well, hopefully she uh she can, continues to do so when we say these things and we say things like the the score's an eight or a nine we're not dissing on the movie itself at all. We're we're saying we we enjoyed watching it, you know. Generally, that's why it's but on the show. It's just it needed, you know. It, it was just low budget, and it was just it wasn't as good as it could be if they had professionals around. Yeah, micro budget, because I'm thinking that this is not. If this isn't the cheapest movie we've ever seen. I can think of maybe three other movies that are cheaper than this. So the Nick Zed movie is going to be cheaper than this. Um, David the Rock Nelson movie is going to be cheaper than this. And probably Alien Beast was cheaper than that. But that's about it. I, I can't think of too many other movies that are going to be even even have a smaller budget than this particular film. Um, yep, there you go. Yeah, it just goes to show you, though, I mean, you don't really need a whole lot, but you do need better writing, which doesn't really cost that much. Right. You know, or, or just better watching, oh, like totally. watch, making sure everything is is done well, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff. So editing that helps too. <laughs> that helps. Yep. So well, thank you, Paul, for picking this. This this was great. Um, so we will see if we can find somebody. Uh, if you can pester somebody, poke them, prod them. 
tell them to to do it and then we'll have another extra 20 minutes i still have to do that for another podcast we did earlier or i did earlier so it happens you know it happens yeah, sometimes you can only get one person on the show or something. And mm-hmm. at that point, you just got to do it because otherwise you're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. And right. Um, right. We got to we got to just do it. So we uh, have episodes we got to do. So, yep, we got to get this done. But uh, I, th- I don't know if I mentioned this on any of the other podcasts going on, but um, we have to, uh, we are switching it up, you know, where. um. Hold on one second. Uh, we are switching it up where uh, next season is going to be two episodes per season instead. Per month. Uh, yeah, per month. Yeah, per season. Jesus Christ, that's nothing. Uh, per month. And so we're going to go back to the 24 episodes and stuff, which I feel like will be a little bit of a stress relief for mm-hmm. us. But also, this season was pretty cool for doing, you know, having 48 <laughs> We so, wanted to see if we could do it, and um, so we're, far it's we're managing happened. to pull it off. But it's I not know you, <laughs> you, my friend, were shocked when I told you we're basically oh. halfway there already, and you're like, "Oh my god, really?" You uh, know, yeah. Like, but it it has not been easy on either of us, and no. you're doing more than I am. So I know, but you're imagine. working. You have a regular job. And thankfully, I don't right now, so I'm able to do this stuff like more full time than you are. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where we're just we got to be careful, you know, and just I mean, get them if done. We could just fast forward 15 years into the future when I'm retired or 16 or whatever it's going to be, then I can devote 100% to the show and do nothing but watch movies and talk about them. So if we're still going in 15 years, I'll be happy. Oh yeah, me too. Well, it's not like we're running out of movies. We have tons well, of Well, especially if we see that was the main reason I wanted to do more uh episodes sure. was so that we could do more movies and stuff. Um but yeah, it's been one of those things where I'm just looking at it going, God, I'm tired. I'm Wait, tired. What we need is a local yokel who's our our third full time person like Jen was in season one. That's yeah. what we need. I mean, right? Yeah, maybe next season because this season, uh, I can't ask somebody to do as many as we've been doing. You know, even mm-hmm. sometimes I I will do movies without you, Paul, because we're doing so many and right. stuff. And and you're you're okay with that, you know? Um. So yeah. Um. Well, I I just want to say thank you and thank you to everybody. Uh, join us for the other person who will be coming in or be talking to both uh, to one of us magic of technology hopefully we'll have somebody yapping about this film giving us their score hey everybody it's guys from the bizarro aficionado podcast and i have been tasked by a very naughty and evil moo to review the film phobe the xenophobe experiments isn't a xenophobe like the fear of 13 or something do they mean a xenomorph I don't know what they mean. And neither this does this film. So this is a 1994 film by Erica Benedicti. So apparently, having lost um, funding for an actual large-scale, quote-unquote, Hollywood film, she said budget smudge it, and made it with the help of her work peeps at a Niagara, Canada local cable company in Ontario, as one does. So this film has it all. 
if by all you mean the sound is garbage it's it's obviously they used the mic that came on the high eight camera they were filming this on from about 17 feet away but i digress i you add in a cameo by d snyder's hairdo um a blob squatchy vader breathing who's a what's it in a ghillie suit uh, if this had been a high school production i'd have been impressed but it wasn't i'm not it's bad but it's a canadian cult classic kids so i go on that being said it's not outright terrible i mean it is in fact terrible but its idea isn't the worst. And you got some sort of intergalactic government that isn't America, so that's nice for once. Some intergalactic government that made some sort of thing that got away, and there's corporations involved that you find out in the end, and they have to bring in this guy that, of course, is retired, but he'll do one more if they promise to leave him alone. And this dude definitely looks like he's been in retirement, apparently somewhere eating whatever Canadians eat, bacon, I guess, beer, hockey. But, so, the main character looks like a chubby 80s Bono. And it's filmed with a volunteer cast that looks like your buddy Phil's D&D club made a film while they were really high and bored of playing paintball. The acting is flat and sad like your junior high prom date. So what is it about? <laughs> Dude, God, if I know. I'm an intergalactic chubby Bono, like I said, from planet something or other. It is after a something or other and befriends this high school girl played by the usual 23-year-old who I think might be the writer and director. I, I don't know. I actually have no damn idea what was going on in this film from start to finish. Um, there were lightsabers bad CGI ships from Empire Strikes Back, uncomfortable dancing. Uh, where's the damn monster? I, I was an hour into this film and still hadn't seen this ghillie-suited jackass. Um, there's, there's 70s couches. There's bad acting by moms. Uh, this is the cinematic equivalent of getting COVID, but it was just kind of sniffles and you know, you don't tell your friends that you actually kind of crapped your pants during a nap. But otherwise, you're just kind of like, you know what? It could have been worse. And that's how I feel about this film. This film is COVID that went well. So chubby 80s Bono finally tracks this phobe to some factory um, and then a locker room. And then just a long, boring walkabout as he tours around this factory that I believe ends up being this steel mill nearby. And then, ta-da, the ghillie suit Jedi appears, and they have a lightsaber fight for like eight seconds. And then everyone kind of runs away, and I kind of wanted to run away too. And then there was more running, more, more running, and then they stopped and they stood around for a little bit and looked around and then there was additional running until the big reveal and fight at the end when the monster whips off his helmet and reveals the giant badly made 1994 latex mask from Spencer's that uh, is the monster. And, and they're in this Hodgson steel mill in Niagara, Ontario, where it was filmed. 
and it's just prepare to be even more underwhelmed. I mean, like deep underwhelmed, like, like the reaction that that cougar you had when you hit on her at that piano bar in Hoboken, that kind of underwhelmed. I mean, really nothing happens. Um, th th then this rocket ship is lowered apparently by a crane, which I assume is where the $250 budget of Canadian dollars went to, to build this bottom half of a Marvin the Martian rocket that they show landing. And then 80s chubby Bono supervisor, uh, you know, steps out and then, you know, everything, you know, was a corporate ruse or some shit. And, uh, there's a, really weird disconnected fight at the end and then in, everything is fine in the end the bad guys are gone the, the 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 dude in a ghillie suit which i is only seconded by the bad guy in the movie called the chooper where the bad guy was just in a ski mask and a pair of black uh black slacks, you know, with some, and they were too short and he had some black socks on and he had a katana. This was about that same sort of disjointed mess. But so, yeah, it's, I, it was tough, but it's free. It's on Tubi. And have I mentioned it was a Canadian cult classic? So evidently they make this film at this McLean, McLean, whatever, local cable company and the cable company keeps it and they show it whenever they have nothing else to show probably at 2 a.m between you know ronson whatever and i don't know whatever is on canadian television they have television right i don't know but so yeah and they showed it just became this big cult classic and all of canada kind of digs it and everything you know which is cool, so that's kind of got to be worth a point in my rating, right? Because how many Canadian classics are there other than SCTV? I don't know. So, hmm, ratings, ratings. Yeah, Paul wants me to talk for like 15 minutes. I have like three minutes of view on this film. Uh, the, the film itself is only like an hour and, I don't know, seven minutes, 14 minutes, hour and 14 minutes, something like that. I and it felt it every single minute of it. So a, a, a rating, a rating. Ay, ay, ay. Well, normally I'd give it a solid seven because it really was crap. And, uh, hmm. But like I said, it was a Canadian cult classic and that's worth a point. So you know what? I'm going to give it a solid six and I'm sticking to that. Yes. A solid six mainly because of D. Snyder's hairdo making a cameo. It's not often you see a hairdo without the person, but hair, this this movie could have just been called Hair. So many mullets. So many mullets. Disturbing amounts of mullets. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid seven and also vow to never watch this again. This one, although it wasn't painful like others I've had to sit through, it's not a Nick Zed film. It's not, I don't know, Headless Eyes. I, I don't know. Maybe I like that one. I don't remember anymore. They all run together. What have you done, Paul? But anyway, I give it a solid seven. 
And uh, if you have Tubi, just get really high and watch this because I, I told you so. It's the only power I have. But anyway, that is my review and I'm sticking to it. Paul and John, you guys are bastards for making me watch this. Just thought I'd share that. But I love you guys anyway. Anyway, back to Indie Foam Cafe and I will uh, scuttle off back to my Ecuadorian bad movie lounge and uh, turn the show back over to you guys. Exactly. So until then, everybody, thank you guys so much for checking this out. Let us know what you guys think of this movie. Uh, do you own it? Do you not own it? Um, and uh, see you soon, and everybody. Bye. It is on Tubi. It's on Tubi. And, um, you know, if, if you're interested in maybe joining us on a show, send us that note, too, because you never know. Through the magic of Zoom, we might have you on there as well. So exactly. thanks for joining us, and we will see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.